0: hey it's love coach heidi welcome back for another video i'm really glad you're here heidi mcgurk also known as love coach heidi creator of life school which stands for love yourself first empowerment and really what life school is about as you know by now is a journey through recovery from toxic or dysfunctional relationships it's really a time out for yourself to be able to figure out your relationship stuff and to stop being a narcissist magnet and to learn how to speak your truth, be who you were born to be, and have the relationships that you truly deserve. And so one of the things that prevents us from really having the relationships that we deserve is not really understanding how we show up in relationships. You know, when we're born into a family, particularly if that family is dysfunctional, toxic, addicted, or abusive, we take on a personality in order to survive, thrive, connect, or cope in that family of origin, and I call those attachment personality patterns. They are a form of codependency patterns, but also it's much, much more than that. I wanna explain to you the controlling app today the attachment personality, attachment personality pattern of the controller. And I have some notes here because I definitely do not want to miss anything. I want to make sure that I get it all in. Now, before I go into the controller, listen, if you do any kind of research and you go on blogs and you read, you know, am I in a relationship with a controlling person or description of a controlling person, nine times out of 10, what you're actually going to find is a description of an abusive person. Now, Here's what I know to be true. Okay. And here's the perspective that I'm coming from today. All abusive people are controlling, but not all controlling people are abusive. So what I'm going to do is lead from the perspective today that we're not necessarily talking about an abusive relationship. It can controllers at their absolute worst can become be abusive. So if you are in an abusive relationship that crosses over into that arena, please get help, get the support you need, go to the hotline.org and get the support that you need. What I'm going to talk about today is more of a controller that comes from a position of more benign. They're not intentionally necessarily hurting you, but their behavior is troublesome. If you're a controller, it's kind of hard to come to terms with that. You know, nobody wants to admit, yeah, I'm a super controlling person or I'm a control freak. But if you fit into this pattern, I'm going to give you the five core traits that make you actually a controller. And then we're going to talk about likely where it came from and then how to break free from that pattern. As a reformed controller, this is something that in my spiritual walk, I have to release control on the regular. And certainly it feels a lot better, right? If you are a controller, you know that feeling all too well of anxiety overwhelm, hypervigilance, waiting for the other shoe to drop, feeling like you're the only one that can do anything. It's a lot, okay? So we're going to go ahead and look at these five core personality traits. And again, I, you know, listen, you you also need to know that there are many more than the five things I'm going to talk about today. There are many other ways that people control. So this isn't the gospel, but these are the things that most controllers, almost all controllers that I know in the 20 years that I've been doing this work all have in common. And so if you can, you might say, well, I only relate to one of those things, but one of those things is troublesome to me, or I'm in a relationship with somebody who does all four of those things. Yep. That's a controlling pattern. Refer them to this video and we can start the work. Now what separates the people that I work with from the people that, aren't going to be able to change, okay? is that willingness to change? So I want you to understand I don't I'm not here to diagnose you, I'm not here to put a label on you. I deal in patterns, not pathology. Pathology is when it crosses the line into a personality disorder, right? Like a narcissistic personality disorder or the oppositional defiant disorder or conduct disorder or something that along the lines is like a person that's really has that need for control. I'm really dealing in more of like, like I said, like a benign pattern. However, it is still troublesome in a relationship because controlling thwarts intimacy. You know, it's, it's a, it's putting a wedge in Between you and and the people that you really want to be with Um, it's it's exhausting for them and it's certainly exhausting for you if you're a controller so I want to come from a place of compassion I want to foster understanding for this personality pattern it came from somewhere all right so um, that's not fixed it can change likely you worked your way into this pattern and you can work your way out of this pattern and we're going to talk about how so let's first look at the five traits here i have my notes here so i don't miss anything the first trait of a controller is you try and convince people how to think feel act or behave now let's give an example let's say that a picture a little 22 little but a 22 year old young woman standing in the kitchen and she's staring at the floor and she's just like beside herself she just is like You know, starts sobbing. I can't believe that he left me. I can't believe that he just did what he did. He blindsided me. And her mom looks over at her and she goes, Sharon, come on. He did you a favor. You shouldn't feel that way. I can't even believe you're crying about this. I mean, come on, you dodged a bullet. Thank God he broke up with you. So you didn't have to marry that jerk. He wasn't right for you anyway. There's no use crying over this. Come on, you're being ridiculous. That's a controller. Now, She might be having the best possible intentions there, but at the end of the day, her daughter is grieving the loss of a relationship, even if it sucked, right? Even if it was like he was all wrong for her, her mother still is trying to prevent her from having a bad experience by thinking she can control and convince her daughter how to think, act, feel, or behave. Another example of this on the more benign would be let's say a woman, you know, a a wife is sitting on the couch watching the television and she's just like, oh, I cannot believe this election. I mean, if this person wins, we're literally, the whole country is going to go to hell in a handbasket. And her husband looks over at her and he goes, Elizabeth, you, I can't even believe that you would think that. I mean, are you being gaslit by the other side? I mean, come on, you're being, you're being ridiculous. I mean, uh, honey, I believe that if I just spent some time with you and went over the facts with you and explained everything to you, and really educated you that you would think and feel much differently about this right so again the husband in an attempt to want his wife to align is trying to control trying to control what she thinks how she believes and what she feels Um, at its absolute worst with a controller they, they, can, they can be pretty self-righteous, right? And pretty indignant and really think that their way is the way and try to constantly convince. But, but basically you're with a controlling person or you're a controller if you're uncomfortable when somebody else is feeling something that doesn't line up with the way that you feel and you misinterpret somebody's feelings as, as um, a disconnection between the two of you. Like if somebody doesn't align with you and agree with the way that you think, well then you must must be on opposite ends of the spectrum and that's not okay. A controller doesn't realize it's okay for everybody else to have their own thoughts, their own opinions, and their own feelings, and it doesn't mean anything about the relationship. It doesn't mean anything at all. But a controller almost needs somebody to like think the way that they do, so they feel like, ah, we're on the same team right? You're an enemy if you're not thinking the way I'm thinking, right? We, we, we need to be thinking the same stuff. And again, it's not necessarily a malicious thing. It's not contemptuous. It really is an, um, uh, an effort to have that person aligned with me. We're on the same page, okay? It's scary to a controller when people disagree with them. Sometimes it can be, uh, especially when it's something that's important to them. They start to feel like, oh God, what else are we going to do? We're not going to agree on this. They start to catastrophize how different you know, you might be from each other just based on one thing. So that can happen. Oh, and and it's worse. Again, they're going to constantly be police. A controller will police feelings of somebody else, uh, and, and constantly like watch how you're feeling and try to talk you out of it all the time. And then you, if you're in a relationship with a controller, will start to question, right, can question how you think and how you feel and look to the other person to see how you should think and feel when it starts to cross over the line and really get super unhealthy. Now, the second thing that a controller will do is manipulate outcomes by any means necessary. Um, If they're not having any luck controlling you, they'll just try another method. Now, some controllers use charm and charisma, okay? To try to convince you how to think, feel, or behave or try to influence you. They will, some controllers will even use sex, right? use their sexuality to try to entice somebody to to get them under the control, you want to think of every kind of like bad movie, right? That involves like the she devil that uses her body and her uh, the way that she looks in order to like like the black widow, right? She's gonna get them in and then control them and take all their stuff, you know. Um, but also think of like a you like a used car salesman, a stereotypical used car salesman, where they come in and they're like. Um, showering you with love and attention and compliments, but only as a means to influence you to a particular outcome, you know, Oh, wow. I mean, you, you care about your family. I mean, obviously it's really important to you. You want to put them in, put them, put your family in a car that's really safe. And you look so amazing behind the wheel. I mean, everybody's just going to be like, you know, not a lot of people are this smart to really see that a car that looks good, but it's also safe. But you, you really get it you know, you really understand. I mean, somebody as smart as you can surely see that this ticks all the boxes for somebody like you who's that amazing. I mean, they're just like, you know, and by the way, you're buying my car. You know, they're, they're trying to get you to um, manipulate you by showering you with compliments and, you know, in that way. Now, if somebody is unhealthy as a controller, they will run the other side of that gamut where they'll use actually shame or blame so so you can run the spectrum like i'm going to use my charm and charisma and pretend that i'm so wonderful or i am wonderful for the minute okay or all the way to like shame and blame and guilt well i can't believe that that you would you would you would even think something like that or do do something like that i mean they'll gaslight you well, you didn't see what you saw. And again, that's crossing over the line to abusive, right? So we're, we're kind of talking about that whole spectrum of controlling. It's all unhealthy. All controlling behavior is unhealthy to some extent, right? The only time that it's a strength of somebody to have control is what? When they're in control of themselves, right? That's the only time that that behavior is. But even then, there are limits to the amount of control that we even have over what happens to us at the end of the day. Um, and, and really, this behavior probably stemmed from somebody who had no control whenever they were a child and they felt like they needed to be in control. And if they weren't in control, then all hell was going to break loose. And that's really where a lot of this behavior comes from. All right. Now, we don't want to get into toxic empathy or co- toxic compassion here. we like, you can see, oh, yeah, they grew up in a dysfunctional, addicted, Uh, abusive household, they need to be in control because they're, you know, they're afraid bad things are going to happen if they don't maintain control and you start to like empathize with that person, but that's not healthy. If you continue to tolerate bad behavior from somebody and let them cross your boundaries and control you just because you can understand it, right? Just because you can understand somebody's behavior doesn't mean that you should tolerate that behavior. Okay. So if you're with a controller, understanding where they come from, isn't a, isn't a pass, a hall pass to treat you bad. All right. But it is an understanding of, okay, I see where the way they are. It looks like they need to do the work in order to change that pattern. So if you are a controller and you see that, yep, I can see that's where that came from, you still have to do the work. Again, it doesn't give you a free pass to just treat people that way. Um, also, as worse, worse, uh, they'll use shame, blame, okay? All kinds of manipulation tactics. The third thing that you'll notice if you're a controller is you find yourself unwilling to negotiate or compromise or um, cooperate. It's, you know, the, you know, the one time that a controller will go along with something, go along with the flow, like a people pleaser personality pattern will just go along with the flow. The only time a controller will go along with the flow is when it's something they want. That's it. If it's not something they want, they're not signing up for it. And they can be pretty blatant in their vocalization of, no, it's not what I want. I want to do what I want to do. And again, in order to get you to do what they want to do, a controller will sometimes use, pull out all those stops from charm and charisma all the way to guilt and blame and shame to try to make people do what they want to do. Um, There's a standoff, you know, Uh, they want a controller wants to do usually what's best um, for them. Um, a perf- while a perfectionist attachment personality pattern will want to do what's right, okay, they'll search and say, well, this is, they'll, they'll like be a standoff with a perfectionist too because perfectionists want to do what's right. A controller wants to do what's best for them, not what's right, what's best for them, usually. Uh, what's going to make them feel most comfortable. Number four, a controller displays hypervigilance and can also um, be compulsively independent. And what that means is uh, controllers, like I said before, that personality pattern usually developed because you had to be on guard in your family of origin. You know, when you were growing up, you never knew what was going to happen from one minute to the next. And so you felt like you needed to maintain control. Um, With with this now, it's like, even though the past is in the past, there's still that anxiety. Uh, If I don't take control of this or charge of this, it's going to fall to hell. Even if you have evidence to the contrary, like other people are capable, but a really a controller at their core believes that other people are actually incapable and and incompetent. And the only person that they can really count on is themselves. And so they will take on more than they actually need to and actually micromanage other people. Even if they do give up control, they'll micromanage the control because they just can't, they just can't give it over. Um, they'll, they'll micromanage Everything, all the way from the boardroom to the bedroom, they'll tell you how things are going to go down in every sense of the word, and they're very rarely, it never will, a controller be like, just lay back and let people take charge. Um, That's not going to happen. This compulsive um, independence is, again, just believing that the only person that can do it right or do it the way that it needs to be done is them. And so, again, they have a really hard time letting other people really do anything. Can you imagine for a controller how freaking exhausting that is to feel like you're the only one that can do it? You're the only one that can pick up the groceries. You're the only one that can do the laundry the way it needs to be done. You're the only one can load the dishwasher the way it needs to be done. And Imagine the pressure that puts on everybody else around you when you're scrutinizing and micromanaging the goddamn dishwasher. I mean, come on, right? How would that feel as a controller just to be able to let some of that stuff go? Obviously, that's the things that's some of the stuff that we need to work on, you know, at the root of this hypervigilance, obviously okay for all controllers the root issue what do you think it is it's trust right it's a trust issue i don't trust anybody but me and i need to be in control at all times so nothing bad happens um and again that extends out to controlling people places things you know that they're they're, they're hyper vigilant and then the last thing. So let's just recap the, the five things that we talked about. Number one, your controllers try to convince other people how to think, feel, act, and behave. Constant policing other people's feelings, talking them out of their feelings, um, telling them what they should believe in and why they believe they should believe that way. At its worst, it can get really nasty, obviously. Number two, they manipulate outcomes by any means necessary we're going to talk about that again spectrum from malignant from 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 malignant to benign where benign will be like you know i'm going to use my charm and charisma to try to convince everybody and use my in master my influence okay I'm still trying to be in control of you mastering influence is still a method of control it's more benign all the way over to shame blame and guilt um uh just to to change, to change the outcome. Number three, unwilling to negotiate my way or the highway. I want things the way that I want it Four, hyper vigilant and compulsively independent. The only person I can count on is me and the shoe is going to drop. So I need to be in charge of everything all the time. And then the fifth thing is actually pretty sad. They're all kind of sad, but this is one of the most the sad factors. The fifth thing that a controller will employ is conditional love. Controllers like so a withholder personality pattern will withhold affection, attention and approval and intimacy because they're afraid. Okay, to really give it. They're afraid of like counting on you too much and in another way. They're afraid of like loving you too much. So they'll withhold and restrict because they're afraid that they're going to feel too much. A controller will withhold affection, attention, and approval, but as a means to manipulate your behavior. It's very different. As a controller, I'm not withholding because I'm afraid to get too close to you. I'm afraid if I give it to you, you're not going to do what I want you to do. So I'm going to use whatever means necessary. So They'll say things, a controller will say something like, you know, oh, I love you so much more when you are fill in the blank, right? Oh, I love you so much more when you're studying or doing your homework. Oh, I love you so much more when you're cleaning out the dishwasher. Oh, I love you so much more when you're providing for the family. Oh, I love you so much more, you know, or the flip side of that will say, you know, I don't really like you very much um i don't really love this person i don't really love the you right now that's disagreeing with me you know i don't really love that about you or i'm not as attracted as attracted to you whenever you're scrutinizing me or i'm not as attracted to you whenever you're needing so much for me so again they will use that like hey i'm going to pull my love away if you do not behave the way i want you to behave and again crosses the line into abusive behavior uh, whenever, uh, that conditional love just makes you feel, um, abused <laughs> and taken advantage of. So again, with the controller, we are on a tight rope, aren't we? We really are between, is this just like a personality pattern that's benign, that's bothersome, it's troublesome, it's annoying as hell, but it's not abusive, right? So we can work on it and change it. Or is this something that is abusive and you actually need to get out of the situation if you're with the controller? Or the controller needs more help, right? To to work through some of those. Maybe it's not a pattern. Maybe it is a patholog- a pathology. It's pathological at that point. Okay, so we have to know. Um, you have to know, right? Where 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 is that line for you? You know. Um, where does that behavior become troublesome? I know for me, as a reformed controller, I don't think that I ever crossed that line to abusive, but I know that my controlling behavior made people feel bad. OK, whenever my husband would, you know, want to um, do something at, at work, you know, we're in a seminar and he's a motivational speaker, you know, and I'd want to orchestrate like the song that he would play in the music and how that should all go down. And, you know, instead of just letting him live in his magic, even though that wasn't abusive, that was certainly I wasn't allowing him to be all he could be. Right. And not that even I, I was delusional enough to believe that I was the permission holder. You know, that's a control issue. You know, um, some of these other things with, um, uh, for me, whenever I was just um, being compulsively self reliant, you know, f- believing that nobody else could really uh, do anything right, you know, I was the only one that was going to be able to do it, I wasn't giving myself over. And so, withholding myself in that way, like a withholding attachment personality pattern, but at, um, at, a, at a different, in a different way, a more intense way, certainly made other people around me feel um, anxious, right? Or rejected or hurt. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are a controlling personality pattern, what are you going to do to start to work through it? Of course, would I love to have you in life school? Love Yourself First Empowerment School? I, of course, obviously, that's the whole reason that we have this program is to start to re- be in recovery right from our own toxic behaviors as well as the toxic behaviors that created the controlling pattern in the first place if you're a controller it came from somewhere and maybe you don't even recognize it but that's what we get to the bottom of in life school we try to uncover and unpack some of these patterns and where they originated we we do do that in in the in the program and so i'd love to have you in there but if not if you're not going to go with us and become in this life become into life school um, get the support you need anyway, okay? Seek out th- a therapist. Talk to them about, you know, I think I have some control issues and, and start to work through that because I promise you that you can if you have a willingness to change that and an insight to change that. And It's not, not pathological. It's not narcissistic, like a malignant you know, type of pathology where you don't even recognize it's a problem. If you're recognizing it's an issue, that's the first step. And you can start to release some of that control. What would it be like to be able to just let that go? I'm mean, gonna have to tell you on the other side, it's life changing. It's life changing. It's like you just take a deep breath and just, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And you're a beautiful thing. All right, I love you so much. I hope you uh, have enjoyed this video and take care. I'll see you really soon. Bye. Well, make sure you subscribe, like the video wherever this video is, and leave a comment and tell me, okay, how you resonate. Talk to you soon. Bye.